Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Today we discuss about SEO content, how you can create content that will bring traffic and results, sales, anything. I'm excited to discuss this topic with Noah Leonard. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, big pleasure to get in my show because I know that you have extended experience. You can share a lot of valuable insights. And, you know, as your second name, it's my, uh, <laughs> I don't know, my character, you know, to learn, to learn, to learn. Because I'm a student in this life. I want to learn more and more. And when I speak with experts like you, I can get a lot of insights. I am pretty sure everyone who is listening or watching this uh, video they can learn a lot before we start just ter- tell more about yourself experience background and why you decided to take this topic so i come to digital marketing after about a 20-year career working in the bicycle industry and mm-hmm. while i was in that industry i built the website for the business that i worked for and i also built a number of websites on the side i spun that into a digital marketing career that started in an e-commerce platform called smart e-tailing And then in 2016, founded my own little boutique agency called Bike Shop SEO. And then I was lucky enough to merge it with a company called Two Octobers, where I work now as product director. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been building websites since like 20, (laughs) I'm like 20, since 2001. And I know it's insane. It's a long time. And uh, got into mobile early, like I was really into mobile websites in 2010, I guess, and um, got really into SEO when I realized how impactful it was to actually drive revenue. And for me, all my efforts online have to do with revenue. So it's like everything that I do is focused around three things, which are driving traffic, improving conversion rate, and increasing average order value. And you might hear that I work in e-com mainly. Um, but but that's sort of my my general focus when I'm doing SEO. Yeah, I think you know how to drive uh, bikes and uh, drive traffic, you know, drive sales. <laughs> so love it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that I found that, uh, you know, digital marketers, when they have some background like experience in the web development, they usually pay a lot more attention with technical optimization. And uh, someone who uh, started their career like in writing, uh, or uh, designing, they usually pay more attention with UX. Can you tell uh, where is better to pay attention? For example, if uh, we have limited resources, we can't handle all processes, but we need to choose our priorities uh, and consider our strong sides. From your perspective, uh, which way is better today to set up your uh, SEO campaigns? I think content is where it's at. Totally, 100%. And the reason why is that there's so much content on the web competing that to stand out, your content has to like really add meaningful insights to an area of knowledge that you're kind of competing inside of. And so any type of engagement that I get involved in, I'm always trying to build what, what, I, what we call topical authority for that website. And so if it's a bike shop website, we're trying to build out a lot of content around all the different categories of product that are sold and all the different types of activities that people do with that product. And and in so doing, we're able to help things really rank. But you know what? Like foundational stuff matters. What I know is 
that things like page titles and descriptions can still drive revenue. You know, performing tests around page title optimization still drives revenue. Uh, I performed a test last year and it was like the simplest test you'd ever think of, uh, which was to add for sale as a page title suffix. And what we saw was clicks just exploded and they were very transactional in nature. And so we were able to also connect in paid, uh, which is really great. So we could use people who landed on those pages to build a remarketing list around. And it just, it's, it's a virtuous cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Uh, okay, let's talk about creating uh, content strategy for our website because you uh, mentioned about driving sales. And I know that uh, some traffic can't bring sales. Uh, can you tell how to find the right keywords uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, choose priorities with them? Because, you know, uh, uh, masters can chase uh, a lot of keywords, you know, but they have limited resources. Uh, it's better to uh, set up priorities uh, and consider uh, how you can create high quality content and provide link building campaigns. Uh, tell about uh, learning sure. yeah, yeah, about that. So when I think about content strategy, I think about working in two different directions. One is inside out and the other way is outside in. And what I mean by that is that if I have a website that's been around, it's got some age, it's performing in search, it's got some level of topical authority, I lean into Google Search Console a lot. Like we've actually built up a, a product called Explorer that's really the ultimate view of Google Search Console data. And what's amazing about it is that it expands your universe of insights from one of 1,000 rows of data inside Google Search Console to millions and millions of rows. And so we can see things on our own website that that is um, that's that's really, really powerful. Another way of working is outside in. And outside in is a situation where you don't have a website with age or you're moving into a new topic area that you haven't worked before. And if you're working outside in, then there's all kinds of ways for getting keyword ideas, whether it's through um, Google search results, just actually looking at the search results, looking at the related terms, looking at the people also ask, um, whether it's using autocomplete at scale, using uh, tools like Keyword Shitter 2, uh, whether it's using Google Trends at scale, and we're building tools internally that help us do that. And combining all of those different ways of working, also looking at Wikipedia, looking at Keyword Planner, building a big bucket of lists, and then you can do something called topic clustering. And there are tools mm -hmm. out there that are doing this. Um, we're building a tool that allows us to do that for Google Trends data, and it's really more of an exploratory tool than a topic clustering tool, but there are other tools out there that do uh, topic clustering, like uh, Keyword Insights is doing a great job, Keyword Cupid is doing a great job, uh, and there's there are others as well, but uh, those are some of very, very high-level ways of working. It's just really inside out, starting with your own data and then outside in. To get more granular, you're probably thinking about like what search terms align with the actions that are closest to your macro conversion. And if you're thinking in terms of the funnel, then you would wanna focus on the terms that are at the bottom of the funnel. Things like buy, purchase, 
stuff like that. And uh, you'd want to build content around those types of queries because they're most likely to actually make you money. And then if you're working outside in and you're thinking uh, you can totally use that concept of using the funnel or you can use one of intent. And there's all kinds of different tools that are producing intent modeling, like SEMrush, for example, is pro providing different stages of intent. And you can use those to guide and you can come up with some kind of internal scoring mechanism. When I say internal, I mean like inside your agency um, mm. where you're scoring content based on things like, is it transactional in nature? Is it bottom of the funnel? Is it high search volume? Is my position likely to actually be rankable? Is my website have enough authority to compete in the SERPs? And if so, build it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Yeah, valuable. Uh, yeah, of course, it's helpful. And you know, it's interesting that uh, 10 years ago, when I started uh, my online projects, I didn't consider user intent. We created only e-commerce content for any keywords. That worked well, you know, but Google changed approaches. Today, it's not. Yep. Uh, Google understands the user intent. Uh, can you tell how is important today to uh, create content for uh, uh, like top uh, of funnel, like, uh, I don't know, blog posts uh, or, uh, I mean, info content uh, to create brand awareness because uh, not all keywords can sell, but it's important to create brand awareness. And when the right yeah. time will come, yeah, people can buy. Totally. So uh, let's go through like how I approach bike strategy. Um, for one of the biggest sites that I work with, we focus on trying to think about all of the jobs to be done that a user has in the bike space. They need to learn about bikes. They need to learn about categories of bikes. They need to compare pricing. They need to then decide if they're going to buy something. And then there's all the stuff that they do after they buy a bike, like getting their bike fixed buying shorts that make their, their butt not hurt when they ride, gloves so they don't get carpal tunneling, all that kind of stuff, right? So we'll build out um, brand guides, category guides, product launch content, whether it's video or long form written. Uh, we also put a lot of energy into product detail pages, specifically things like optimizing the images for file size, We'll add custom-built HTML spec tables versus just screenshots of those same things. Um, and we just feel like if you add more detail and more context and more information in a really competitive environment, it's going to help you rank and win. And so far, that's really, really worked. Like that particular strategy is one where we're seeing significant growth inside of an environment that's shrinking this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, your background development. Can you tell, for example, if I check out on Google Search Console or Screaming Frog, I can find a list of keywords, uh, I mean, like technical errors, many things. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I reach out to my web developers, please uh, fix it. I want to get green uh, line uh, according to PageSpeed Insights. They can fix everything they uh, yeah probably uh, like 30 percent 40 percent yeah uh, and most of them uh, are not fixed can you tell how is important today to fix all technical errors is it possible to do it and uh, how to choose uh, critical errors that uh, it's must have to fix so really the question is how do we prioritize what we fixed on a technical basis yes 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 
I think it's super important, depending on your niche, to figure out how all your com competition's doing. You only have to be as good as the people you're competing against on mm. the technical side. That That's my opinion. Now, on mm. the conversion side, that's a different story. Uh, talking to people like Arnout Hellemans, he'll, he'll tell you they've done all kinds of crazy testing where the faster the page is, every half second they save, they make X quantity of millions of dollars more for specific large, large scale clients. So there's two buckets. There's like the conversion bucket, page speed matters to convert. On the, on the ranking side though, uh, it's less important as long as you're doing as well as other people that you're competing against. That's my personal opinion on the matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, and uh, can you tell your loving list of SEO tools that uh, must have? For example, um, I like, uh, yeah, I think like Google Search Console and uh, Analytics uh, are must have, but other tools like HRF, SEMrush, uh, MOS, uh, it depends Yeah, uh, on your priorities. Uh, can you share uh, your loving list? My, my list starts with one that we built called Explorer. And the reason really is because you can see millions and millions and millions and millions and millions <laughs> of rows of data. And the way the tool's set up, it's really set up like Search Console should have been set up from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have that level of insight, you can go so deep into the data and see things that other people can't. And because of that, you have a competitive advantage and you can find actionable insights that other people can't. Outside of that, though, there's other there's other tools. I love Google Sheets. Mm -hmm. Google Sheets and AppScript are such a powerful combination. You can take data from any source, pull it together to derive meaningful insights. I also rely a lot on SQL, which is a you know a, a querying language that's a computer querying language to to bring data sets together. A lot of times, I'll take my Search Console data. And I'll compare that to things like that are coming out of Keyword Planner or things that are coming out of Ahrefs or things that are coming out of Trends to find gaps of where in the total addressable market for a topic area does my website not have content. And then I can use that scoring concept that I shared with you earlier to figure out what topics we actually want to buy, excuse me, uh, work on. Uh, mm -hmm. Other tools that are must, Screaming Frog is a must. For, for my perspective, I augment that a lot with Sitebulb. I also use a, a software tool called VS Code. I do a lot of work there. Believe it or not, coding sort of like helps me analyze the data faster. I can classify an entire website search data with simple tooling that'll split things up by product, by brand, by category, by intent, by stage in the funnel. And the thing will run in like five seconds and I'll have totally classified data, which is mm -hmm. crazy useful. Yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, what do you think about AI tools? Uh, do we need to use them? <laughs> because Google, uh, if I remember, yeah, John Mueller uh, proclaimed don't use AI tools because uh, they just rewrite content. What do you think about them? Great question. Um, I think that AI tools serve a really good niche in the market for developing insights to inform humans to build content. Mm -hmm. I think that, th that there are tools that can 
gather data from a lot of different places very quickly to give you insights that are meaningful, insightful, and can help you create content. Two that come to mind, uh, MarketMuse and ClearScope, uh, very different tools, um, both serving interesting purposes. Uh, I, purpose, I, I, I really think though that human oversight is still really, really important. Like I'm on, I, I work on the cutting edge of building SEO tools and things like topic clustering and bringing words together just from search console data. It's really, really hard to create meaning out of that because there's so much noise in the data. And uh, even if you're doing it comparing search results, there's a lot, a lot of work and there's a lot of infrastructure to do that. So uh, I, I don't know, personally, I'll, I'll use them for insights, but it's not part of my daily workflow yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, you mentioned about Market Muse. Uh, yeah. I had uh, Jeff Coyle on my podcast yeah. and no, yeah, when I, I compared uh, the price of Market Muse with other tools, it, it looks expensive, you know, <laughs> can you tell yeah. uh, what is the main difference? I understand that uh, if you pay more, that means you can get much accurate, uh, better results. Uh, can you tell why uh, it's expensive compared to other tools? Because you mentioned about this tool. I actually don't have tons of insight into the pricing. To be mm. totally honest with you, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I, I think it depends on the uh, scaling, you know, projects. For example, if you need more insights for more many pages, yeah, it's better to use market news. So uh, yeah. because I, I use for some specific keywords, specific pages, yeah, uh, I can use other tools. They work great as well. Okay. Uh, uh, I want to ask you about uh, things that almost all webmasters have, you know, to write text for their websites. It's hard today to fight responsible copywriters. For example, 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. It, was, it worked well. Today, it's not because uh, Google considers the parameter EAT, like uh, expertise, authority, trust. Can you tell how to find copywriters who will write uh, high quality text for uh, for websites uh you know that's a great question and i'm smirking because we've like been busting our butt at two octobers to grow mm -hmm. our content team so like mm. our solution to the problem was to hire and oh. uh there are some great websites and also slack communities though uh, mm -hmm. a slack community that comes to mind is called SuperPath, and mm -hmm. it's run by a guy named jimmy daly and there's thousands of the world's best content marketers there. Uh, other places that you could turn, there's another Slack community that I've had a lot of success hiring people is Online Geniuses. Mm -hmm. And then a third uh, place that I found people is Angel.co. And I found over the years that Online Geniuses seemed to be the place that I made my hires and I learned about a niche and I learned about the talent that was available on angel.co. Other people have a lot more uh, success on that platform. I was really stoked on it, but I just didn't have a lot of hiring success with it.
Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, let's talk about UX. What do you think about UX? How is important today uh, to uh, optimize your content uh, with UX? Uh, Google uh, does Google consider it or not? Good question. UX is a huge bucket, right? And mm -hmm. parts of UX align with uh, core web vital stuff like cumulative layout shift is a UX. It's mm -hmm. a UX thing where when the user goes to click on a button at the last second, it shifts down right as you go to click and you and you click on a dark pattern, whether it's a, a button that opens up an ad or something like that. Uh, I personally think that when you're building a website, it should be built to convert. Uh, mm -hmm. When I got started doing all of this stuff, it all started building party flyers for techno parties back in 2000. And I was really into that type of music. And I wanted to build stuff that was cool. And then mm -hmm. I learned all about grid design. And I learned all about clear communication, beautiful typography. So I used to build all kinds of sites back in the day. And then I had this one website that was white. It had kind of colorful headlines and it had vibrant images, but the overall feeling of it was kind of just a B, but it converted at 2%. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's, that's a nice, right? I was like, yeah. get it. Stoked. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> about the conversions, like set mm -hmm. it up so that your CTAs are dead center, repeating, big button, the only color that, that the only time that color is used is on the main call to action for that page. Stuff like that is critically important. Talking to your user, making them a hero in their journey. And all of your content is about them and helping them accomplish their goals, uh, finishing their jobs to be done. That's like how to drive conversions. And that's how like content and UX and imagery all kind of work together. And it's also tied to accessibility, right? Mm -hmm. have, yeah. Have you ever um, been with someone who's blind as they use the web? Have you mm -hmm. ever experienced that? Mm -hmm. Uh, no, no, I didn't have this experience. It's like, yeah, but I understand we have a lot of people. Oh my God. If you've never experienced what it's like for people who are blind to use the web, if you know anyone who's blind, sit mm -hmm. with them, maybe do it on a Zoom meeting or whatever. It'll change mm -hmm. the way that you work on the web. And the reason why is that they're using tools that speak to them. They speak all of the content to them that they're experiencing. And it's all at kind of like machine gun speed and it's very loud. And it's like, bra, 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 bra. like sound is coming at you so fast. Mm. And um, like building our websites so that they're accessible so that everyone can derive meaning from them. It's, it's just incredibly important using proper alt tags uh, for all of our images really designing our website structurally so that it's easy for someone on a screen reader to, to actually uh, get through the content. You know, it's not, it's not my biggest soap box, but it's something that I do indeed care about. And mm -hmm. I think we should all work harder at that. Love it. Yeah. I think uh, because uh, like 25% of people uh, can't see good, you know, they, uh, yeah, they're not blind, but uh, yeah, 25% yeah, of people just, uh, yeah, have not good vision about that. Okay. Let's talk about uh, link building. 
can you share your insights how to choose the right link building campaigns because we have a bunch of link building campaigns do we need to consider black hat seo good question i don't work in link building at all mm -hmm. i don't yeah uh, now let me let me take a step back and rewind though a little bit okay uh, because like 90% of my time is spent building SEO tools now, right? Like mm -hmm. the vast majority of the things that I'm working on. But like when I was working in SEO more actively day to day, uh, I would do things like, let's say I'm working for a bike shop. Uh, if a bike shop rented bikes, I would, I would reach out to all of the property management companies, all of the apartment buildings, all of the physical therapists, all of the local universities and i try and find relevant local uh places to get links uh city websites that had event calendars stuff like that um but in general i'm trying to build linkable link worthy assets and not focus so much on the on the promotion and i'm definitely not doing anything black hat and i'm definitely not doing any ppn stuff i think mm -hmm. I think really we all kind of need to make the web a better place. The bottom mm -hmm. line is we need to make the world a better place, right? And engaging in in black hat stuff, the only place that that's going to lead is pain, and it's pain for somebody. Whether you're stealing business from small mom and pop businesses, uh, or whether it's you're working with a client and you bring them quick results and then their business tanks and then they have to lay off team members like, no, thank you. I'm not going to do any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Uh, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Great insights about that because, uh, it costs money to create yeah. high quality content a lot, but when the links destroy all your efforts, yeah, it's yeah. painful. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I agree with that. Can you tell more about automation? Uh, you built oh. SEO tools. Yeah. 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 Tell tell me how we can uh, optimize the process, SEO process uh, with tools. I think it starts in a couple of key places. Uh, the first place is reporting because reporting mm -hmm. is a huge time suck for most SEOs. And getting all your data into a tool like Google Data Studio is a really powerful way to be able to shore up time so that you can focus on other things i'll do things mm -hmm. um using screaming frog on scheduled crawls that um let me take a step back like the main way that i automate stuff the core the core tooling for a lot of stuff is believe it or not app script google app script and i tie it together with triggers sometimes zapier Sometimes a, a tool that used to be called Integromat, I don't remember, they just rebranded. I forget what they call their new brand. Mm -hmm. um, and I also use Node.js, which is uh, just a super powerful JavaScript language. And um, I tie all those together to do all kinds of stuff, whether it's data pipelining, i.e. pulling data from Google Search Console and storing it up in BigQuery, or whether it's transforming that data every single day to make it easier for me to use. Uh, whether it's creating alerts, whether it's creating automated reporting, whether it's setting up monthly triggers to email all of our clients to set up our monthly client calls. Uh, when I was at Bike Shop SEO, I used automations in order on the first day of the month to delegate all of that month's workout to everyone on the team. 
uh, and that was pretty sick because I hated project management. And so it was really nice to free up all that time to just say, like, I'd have all my team, I, uh, they would all be assigned to different accounts. And then on the first day of the month, the tool would run and would assign all the tasks out for the month, which mm -hmm. was pretty a little bit of modification, but it was a huge time saver. Onboarding. Oh my God. Like automating your onboarding process. That's like a must from my perspective or as much of it as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Helpful. You know, because, uh, uh, I, uh, tools can help to save my time so much time you know resources so it's very important uh yeah uh i'm developing my tools as well but uh, uh i usually pay more attention to content marketing because i can get much higher results with that but yeah i, I love tools and yeah we have a goal to uh unite ai uh, data from open ai to our tool yeah i don't know when we have time with that but yeah it's the goal okay uh uh, let's talk about uh, unique features on tools. You know, I found that many people uh, who are using HRS or any other tools, you know, they just use uh, a tiny percent of all possible features. For example, like five percent, or or Google Analytics just to search traffic on Google Search Console ranking positions or anything else. Can you tell how to learn more about tools to use all possible data uh, to uh, optimize the process? Great question. Um, I'm struggling a little bit how to answer it because there's a lot of ways I could take this. Like mm -hmm. uh, I did a deck, like I speak at conferences. I'm speaking at MozCon in, uh, next month and I'm speaking at Search Love later this mm -hmm. month. And uh, part of getting ready for these conferences was trying to do something called earning, earning your knowledge. Like mm -hmm. how do we know what we know? And, uh, I wanted to know where all this data comes from. You know, like you'll open up a tool like SEMrush or you'll open up a tool like Ahrefs and they'll say like, hey, the search volume is X or Y. There's, there's, it's this competitive or that competitive. And it, I never really understood where all those numbers came from. I didn't really have tons of insight. And so I started to dive into all the different data sources. And mm -hmm. what you see will totally open up your eyes to how the web works if you put the time in. And I think it's really, really worth it because then you'll understand which tool you'll want to spend more time with and which one you'll spend less time with. But for me, like the, the, the foundational tool that I work outwards from always is Google search console. Now, mm -hmm. and the thing about every single tool and the data that they have is that that data is something called directional, meaning it gives us insight into the direction that that things are moving up or down and it gives us a sense of magnitude is it big is it small but nothing is accurate mm -hmm. yeah love it uh can you tell how to choose the right cms uh for a new project for example if someone wanna create a website we have a bunch of cms and uh from your experience, because you have this de uh, development yeah. uh, experience, uh, tell how to choose today. Good question. I think it's totally unique on the need of, of that particular website. Um, a lot of people are going to lean into WordPress, and that's just where the industry is. I've always built, not always, but almost always built on a platform called ModX, M-O-D-X, 
It's PhD based. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's the bee's knees. What's amazing about it is this concept of creative freedom. You can build a website to look any way you want, um, which is pretty great, super fast, super secure. Um, that's been my, my platform of choice since 2008, actually. I've mm -hmm. also um, worked a lot in Shopify. If you have to do like easy e-commerce integrations, I think Shopify is great. Um, you can also do WooCommerce. And then as you scale up, if you're in e-com land, you might think about big commerce. You might think about Magento. You might think about pick your e-commerce platform of choice. Different verticals, though, are going to have their CMS that really works for them. You know, like photography has their own four or five different, different CMSs. The bike industry has one really strong one called uh, Smart Detailing. And probably every vertical has that kind of segmentation for, for the CMS. And the needs of the individual client are going to drive that. Like, what's the biggest problem that you need to solve to be successful in your industry? Uh, like in the bike industry, it's, it's data for manufacturers. And so the mm -hmm. one platform that makes it easy to get all of that G10 and UPC data into the platform is the one that rules them all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Uh, okay, I have the question about learning SEO, how to get skills about SEO knowledge uh, today. For example, if you started from scratch without any experience, uh, what would you do today if you start from scratch? Mm, great question. <laughs> uh, can I go long on this one? Of course, of course. Okay, cool. So a couple things. First thing is I would read beginner Moz's Beginner's Guide to SEO. I think it's like mm -hmm. the best piece of foundational SEO knowledge out there. As I get like more comfortable with the data, I would then go look at that amazing resource that Oleda has built called learning learning learningseo.io or mm -hmm. learnseo.io. I think that that has tons of like beginner to very advanced topics. Like if it's hreflang, for example, it's like, whoa, no thanks. I don't want to touch hreflang. Uh -huh. But like, that's an amazing resource. But mm -hmm. when I heard you ask this question, I heard a topic that's adjacent to it, which mm -hmm. is how do I really make my way in the SEO profession? And yeah, that is the topic that I'm the most excited to talk about other than SEO data. Is it okay if we go there? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So I want to share a little bit of my life story because I think that if somebody's starting out, they're going to hear nuggets here that they'll be able to use to like grow their career like crazy. Okay. So I worked in bike shops. I knew a lot about bicycles. I knew how to build websites. I had a technical-ish kind of uh, skill set, but the core mm -hmm. skill set that I had was being tenacious, gritty, mm -hmm. uh, enjoying problems and not giving up, going down rabbit holes sometimes too much, but not quitting. So that was my tenacity. And when I started doing SEO, I went to MozCon Local in 2016. And when mm -hmm. I was there, I met every single speaker. I got every single speaker's card. I had three to five minutes, three to 10 minutes with them. I wasn't crazy strategic about it. It's just, I like people and I just want, went up and <laughs> the next year I went to MozCon local again. 
I did the exact same thing. This is 2017, February of 2017. I met a guy named Jordan Chu, who we then founded our hangout together called Agency Automators. And we got to be really close. We spent a lot of time together. We did some projects. And I felt like I didn't know how I fit in. Mm -hmm. All these people you'd see on Twitter, they're really good at X, really good at Y. And the whole time I'm like, man, I'm kind of good at like building things. I'm kind of good at solving problems. I understand content. I took, um, I took this course called SEO that works um, by Brian Dean. And I got a lot out of that. And I was successful building long form content based on that process. And then, so I started to build my first piece of content, which was, uh, the ultimate guide to bike shop SEO. It was 5,000 words long, super informative. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to all these SEO luminaries who I had met at conferences and I sent them emails. Hey, I built this thing. Would you, would you check it out and give me feedback? They all linked to it. They shared it to their social communities. And I started to get the tiniest of traction. I was really nervous about people, but I forced myself to reach out. And that's the message. Do it. Mm -hmm. do it. Do it. Find your strength. Find your sweet spot. Find your social media channel that you really, really like. For me, it's Twitter. And so on Twitter, I would start to like what people had to say. I'd then start to comment. And if they commented back, I might like some more posts. And I always tried to keep in mind the people who are six to 24 months ahead of me in the craft. And I'd mm -hmm. reach out to them whenever I needed to solve a problem. And also we had that hangout, right? So we had a hangout about automation. And so we have the smartest people in digital marketing coming on that show, not the smartest, but like some of the smartest people in digital marketing coming on the show to tell us about what they're working on. And so I have all of these people who are becoming friends of mine, who are becoming advocates. And if I get stuck in something, I can reach out to them. And then we built a Slack community about automation. And so hundreds of people have joined our Slack community. There's like, I don't know, 700 people in it, 600 people. And so we have a, a whole community of people who are into the types of stuff that I'm into. Here's the strategy piece. It's a lot like being a shepherd at the top of a mountain with a whole bunch of sheep. And all you know is that you need to get them down the mountain, right? That's your career. And so you keep reaching out to people. You keep doing things you love. You find your sweet spot and you figure out how you can leverage that to the nine. And you keep pushing, 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 pushing. And I'm sorry to go off on a rant on this, but this I think is the most important thing. And I was able to do this in order to take my little company, merge it with a bigger company, learn some really crazy skill sets and make myself difficult to ignore kind of on the career path. So I think that there are some nuggets there of reaching out to people, not being afraid, just pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. If yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, work, and I love it. Yeah, I, I built relationships as well, you know, to invite yeah. to my podcast, to create cohesive content, uh, yeah. 
to, uh, to launch онлайн events. So, yeah, the best way to learn from others, you know, and share your skills that you have. And uh, uh, I love more when you mentioned that your um, social media is Twitter. And for me, for example, uh, LinkedIn works well. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think it's better to find where you enjoy your time. If you enjoy on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, it's up to you. Uh, just uh, love what you do and be on one social media. It doesn't matter what kind of social media. Been, uh, for example, uh, I check out a few marketing books that uh, and they uh, share you need to find where your audience is. I a little bit disagree with that because, for example, if I uh, don't like Instagram, why I need to spend time on Instagram? I am pretty sure that on Twitter I can find some uh, great uh, uh, features, but I'm good with LinkedIn, so where I can grow my audience. Uh, and for me, it's better to find your love in social media uh, and it's the way when you don't burn out, you know, uh, you can go ahead, don't quit and get high results. I have the final question about future of SEO. Can you tell what kind of future are you expecting uh, in SEO field? Hmm. I think that it's going to be more and more and more entity-based, and it's going to be more about things that underlie what people are searching for. And mm -hmm. as I look more and more about the data, it's more about the things and the words that are used to search about them. And they're more like modifiers, you know, it's like thing near, you know, by the thing near, <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> by the yeah. thing for X, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and I think things like product feeds are going to be a lot more important. Like mm -hmm. it's lot lot more important i was talking with jamie indigo recently and she was going off about this like if you're not dealing if you don't have product feeds yet or if they're broken uh hell hath no fury like a future mm -hmm. google scorned i suppose yeah okay. can i can i share one last thing on that career arc? yeah sure won't be too long i promise so yeah there's two sides of it there's learn and then there's give and the giving I think is what really sets you up to also then reach out to other folks. And I've also tried to like build communities, whether it was the agency automators thing or whether it was through doing lots and lots of rooms on a social audio platform called clubhouse. And uh, I have gotten great satisfaction from helping people learn how to make more money online and also uh, how to get work online. And five people have gotten jobs as a result of our clubhouse rooms. And so I think that there's two parts, right? It's like learn, reach out in order to help mm -hmm. yourself, but you're going to be more successful probably just by giving as much as you can. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, of course, givers get more than uh, takers. And yep. uh, that's why we share a lot of content, you know, help others, support them and don't care about selling. Of course, we want to sell, but uh, it's the right, you know, uh, it's more about uh, setting your uh, call to action, you know, in your content marketing. It works well. Uh, thanks a lot, Noi, for all your insights. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Oh, yeah. On Twitter, my username is the same as my first name, last name, just Noah Lerner. And if you mm -hmm. want to send me an email, it's Noah at 
twooctobers.com, which is spelled out T-W-O-Octobers.com. If you want to try Explorer for free, send me a message on Twitter or an email on uh, at, at Two Octobers, and I'd be happy to set you up with a free trial. Um, mm-hmm. Reach out, and I'd, I'd love to help you check it out because I think it's one of the coolest things. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.